0: Hello, it's the A to Z podcast, Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms, at a2zpodcast.com, at facebook.com, slash a2zpodcast, shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at americanfireworks.com for supporting us, shouts to you guys for supporting us, for helping make this thing grow. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, We do offer a little warning slash disclaimer. We get excited. We say four-letter words. We venture into mature slash immature subjects. So if that's not for you, if there are kids around or if you're in a work environment, put on earbuds or come back to A to Z at another time. We don't want anybody ever to get in trouble for listening to A to Z, do we, Andre?
1: No, we don't. Happy holidays. And if you would get in trouble for it, you should probably change some of the things in your life because this is how adults talk. Especially in Northeast Ohio, when nothing makes sense and nothing adds up, happens. <laughs> so um,
0: we are in the afternoon of December thirtieth as we record this. Um, you know, for a lot of people, want this year to be over, um, whether you really want it to be or not. It is in a day. Um, it's a strange sports year. It's a strange year in general.
1: Um, yeah. So. <laughs> No, that's a good way of putting it. Think about it. As bad or as strange or as weird as this year is, um, we're never going to forget it.
0: No.
1: You know what Like, it's very strange because I don't know. Like, we—I've always had like—I don't want to say mental coaches, but I've always and like—and I guess I go through this. Like, my wife and I have had these discussions for hell, twenty years on and off, of why do—and I've had this with other people, maybe you—but why do we remember like good things that happened? I always used to complain to my wife. was Like, you never – you never are happy about the good things in life as, as much as you are the bad. Like, if I screw up, you remember that for 10 days. Yeah. If I do something really good, that's gone in 10 minutes. And for whatever reason, that's kind of what 2020 is going to be like. Like, no matter what else happens in the rest of your life, you're going to always go back to – remember back in March of 2020? <laughs> like, yeah. we're all going to have a remember – and it, and we'll remember that. Like, nobody remembers anything that happened in 2015 or 2014, I mean, you might remember this or that, but you don't remember anything of, you know, I mean, we remember Browns games, and we remember stupid things like where guys were drafted from. But it's amazing. Most of us, no matter how good, how bad our our memories are, we will remember about everything about the year 2020.
0: Yeah, um not just because we're old, right, but, like, I give you an incident and in 2012, 2013, run together, right? Yeah. Um, okay. 2017, 2000. And I'm just throwing out numbers, right? Like, right. You know, going way back, especially because we're both kind of savants of useless knowledge, me more than you, but you certainly (laughs) also, Um, you know, you could pick out a random year, a certain event, right? Um, Right. But, like, yeah, this one here. And and I'll tell you what, like, now that we've made it through, um, it did go fast because I can remember on the Wednesday night, the day before all the shutdown happened, uh, I was assigned – to cover a high school basketball game. And we don't cover yeah. high school sports on The Athletic, but we thought we were headed to an unprecedented event, right? And Right. they had basically said each school is only allowed a certain amount of people and, you know, we're going to lay out sanitizer and we're going to do this. And so I went to the Canton Fieldhouse. I saw how it all was. Um, this was before masks and everything, right? And right, right. Then I drove all the way out to Atwater um, to where Waterloo <laughs> was one of the teams. And it, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's out by Sarshone, if you guys remember when they were on board with us. <laughs> miss, miss you, Alex. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, you know, because there, there were like this small town and, you know, hadn't been to the regionals in however many – a generation plus, right? So they were gathered – in the cafeteria, the people that had followed the team all year because only, say, like 120 people could go to the game or whatever. So I was just kind of hanging out in case, like, this story break. Well, they play the game, they win the game. As I'm driving back, because it's way out there. It's way out, Portage County, you know, almost to where you get to the point where, like, Stark and and Mahoning kind of run together. And I remember where I was there because I had to stop for gas on the way back hearing – on the radio, um, you know Rudy Gobert has tested positive. The end. The NF- end yeah. NBA has shut down, right? Yeah. And again, we, we we have to say we're we're not making light of anything. We know people that have been lost to this. We talk sports and we measure things in sports, right? Right. And um, you know it's it's a shame that all these months later it's not under control. That it wasn't months ago. That we're still losing people. That we're still fighting these battles. Sure, yeah. but. For March Madness not to go on in my life. I mean, Ooh. holy hell, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and now here we are. And I really didn't even mean to go down this to start the podcast to go down this road. I meant to say, here we are in this year where the Browns were magic for 14 weeks and lost to the freaking Jets last week, but still could be one and it in, right? So yeah. here we are, um. As we record this, this, the Browns can't get in the facility for practice because of COVID. Right.
1: No, yeah, this conversation plays into where we're at. It's the way to do it. It's a year end review. Usually, in a year end review, I was telling my I was telling my wife the other night because we're like trying to figure out what we're going to do for New Year's, and, and we usually have our core group, you know, over, you know, like and and you've been invited, but you always have your things that you do. You know, we have our core group over. We've been together with them. I don't know. Hell, I mean. My buddy Nick, who was my college roommate, we were, you know, we still, his wife works for my wife. We still, you know, like 20 years. we know each he's 25, you know, I'm 42. We've known other since we know just, were 18. So we've all hung out, Rob, I've been, you know, I've been friends with Rob since I was 12. So they're trying to come up with like, what were we gonna do? And usually everybody comes to my house and we bring, you know, and I buy like a hundred bottles of Andre champagne because it's terrible and I make everybody bring in the year, whatever. You know, we've had that conversation. And finally, the other day, Jen like, was like, I guess I got to put a Zoom out and make everybody Zoom. And, like, everybody's like, yeah, we're Zooming. And, and, and I'm just like, I can't believe that's what we're doing. Usually I annoy everybody by playing the music of the year and making them drink champagne. Now, all of a sudden, we're just going to be on Zoom in our pajamas, like, waving and talking to each other. But um, I kind of like the idea of going back to where we were to where we're at because I did think about that at 1 o'clock in the kickoff on Sunday of how the hell have we gotten this far through this crazy – obnoxious year and in total Browns allure, we're now dealing with one of the silliest situations. I don't want to, I don't even have the right, I don't have the right word to say. I don't want to say silly, but we're dealing with what we're dealing with. And as you said, as we're doing this podcast, they can't even practice right now as yet. And, but I'll go back to that same date that you went to back to in March. I remember I flew back here after I've been in Vegas. Uh, we did a game in Vegas. I went back to Arizona for like a day hung out with my nephew, took care of my nephew, he was like, all right, I got to go get, you know, I'm going to go get your sister, I'm going to go get your mother, I'm going to go get your, my mom, I'm going to go get my wife, I'm going to go get my kids, I'm going to come back to Arizona. And I'll never forget, the, and how about Rudy Gobert's year? He gets COVID and shuts the world down, and by the end of the year, he signs a $200 million contract. Um, yeah, and you could also say that he it. saved lives
0: by getting it when he did.
1: True, true. But I know a lot of people don't want to kick his ass, because he was playing around with microphones and being yeah. silly about it the day before it came out. But, yeah, and you were on the podcast saying, on... Wash your hands, wash your ass, and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still telling my kids that. Wash your ass. All yeah, right. Um it's true. Wash your hands and ass. That's still something that's important, people. Um, but I'll never forget, like, we had people at my house in Arizona, and and I not not to make light of like of anything, so I don't want anybody to make light of it. But of course, I was on the podcast saying wash your hands, wash your ass the same time i'm back in arizona and obviously the indians as an organization you know they're it's getting a little tight you know it goes from you know they're got they, i remember they had the players like in the in the clubhouse like signing balls in the clubhouse like don't go up the fans da 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 and the players are like and, and i remember like prominent players are like dude we're fine we're not like we're, we're gonna we'll sign a couple autographs we don't have to do this and i just remember like as they kept trying to like not scare us but tell us, no, this could be, you know, this could be frantic. This could be bad. And, you know, this could shut things down. And, and, and as athletes, and, as, and you know this, and I think most people listening know this, you know, most of these young guys have made all their money off of their bodies. And the last thing they're worried about is their body shutting down, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and their body has gotten them to a pretty far place in life. And I remember talking to a couple guys, and, and it was kind of like, yeah man, this will pass in a couple of days. And we'll be, you know, all we care about is getting our rotation ready for opening day. Lord, did we didn't know that opening day was going to be 4 or 5 months away from Yeah. That. And I'll never you know, and I'll never forget you know, I, I took my kids to a game. I actually didn't work the game. I sat in the front row and AJ's like throwing like like peanuts at at, at Frankie and and like they're laughing and talking and pictures and I tell you how pictures always pop up. And the other day pictures popped up of us sitting there, and AJ was like, "Well, that was the last time, Dad, I was allowed to go out and be at games and have fun." And that fucking crushed me, man. That my six-year-old son can look at a picture, and he's like, "That's the last time I was allowed to go out and like really have fun and mess with people and mess with Frankie and mess with the guys." And I'm like, "Yeah, man." But also of that, I guess I, I chuckled because the next day, we didn't and now you'll games. never oh, see Frankie again, kid. <laughs> 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 and you can't wear that shirt that says Indians. Sorry, I couldn't anyways. pass. That. <laughs> that was good. Now we need some type of moment. Um, we went to one we of those jump, one of those like, like those jump places where they the kids can climb mountains and all that other crap inside in Arizona. And I'll never forget we went and we started, and we're like the kids are like and like kids are coughing and sneezing all over the place. And I mean kids are being kids. And I remember like after 20 minutes, I looked at Jen and was like is this the right place to have our kids right now? Because as we're reading reports of what's going on across the country and how basically we're going to get sent home, we're both looking at each other like, why are we at this jump zone right now with our kids? And they're having the time of their life. And, like, you just see kids walking by with snot hanging out of their nose. Kids are coughing left and right. And I remember thinking, holy shit, our country is about to change. And not knowing how bad, how much it was going to change and how much it did change. Um, it's just eerie. Because I can remember going – I can remember – Dropping my bags off at the spring training site, and the guy that drives the truck is like, "Dre, we'll have these back in Cleveland in in a week, and hell, we'll have baseball going in three weeks." And I was just like, "All right, man." I yeah, seen and, that and I
0: mean, and the <laughs> other thing you left out of that is we don't know when the next opening day is either. Nope. Right? Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. You're so anyway,
0: right. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody needs a reset. So whether it's December 31st in a normal year or in this year, you know, January 1st, your resolutions, I always break mine in six days, sometimes in six hours, right? <laughs> um, like we've talked about this before. I've, this is one of the times, Jay, where I feel like we've been doing this forever because yeah. you need that, right? Whether things are going well or things are going poorly, like when you're a grown-up, which we kind of are, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you, you have to take stock. You have to sit back and yeah. say – what's going too fast, what's going too slow, what's not going my way, what's ahead, you know, and there's things you can't control and there's things unforeseen. I mean, a lesson from this year is what you have can be taken away from you so fast, right? Yeah. You know, a lesson from this year is that, of course, the Browns had a great year when people couldn't go to the game, you know. Um, (laughs) Right, right. um, That's not a lesson. That's just. I remember
1: that Thursday night game against the Bengals, the Indians had a game on the road, and, oh, he's breaking shit. This is good. This is, this is how we going to end the year. We're going to break all our shit. <laughs> start off, start doing 21. But I'll never get going downtown and working the game and, like, driving out early to be like, oh, what the crowd is going to be like, what are bars going to be like? It's one of the saddest days of my life watching, knowing a Browns game was getting ready to get played on Thursday night football, and there was nobody in downtown Cleveland. It was like the punch in the stomach of all punches in the stomach. It really was.
0: Yeah, just bizarre, you know. Um, really bizarre. Ohio State plays Clemson two nights from now in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Nobody there. Yeah. Right. Ugh. I don't know. I think they worked in out New- a deal the parents could go, but that's it. Um, and it feels like it's so muted on the hype for that game too. You know. Uh, right.
1: Because they're not in New Orleans. They're not. I told there. you. I, I mean, usually- you know,
0: a couple of weeks ago, I stole this line: like college football this year is just a costume contest. You know, it's just yeah. – it's it's still going on because there's bills to pay and the almighty dollar is the only reason um, that it is. And, and, like, Ohio State, Clemson has every chance to be an incredible football game. They're incredibly talented players. And even though I understand why Clemson is the favorite and I just think Trevor Lawrence has separated himself from the other guys, like, if the Buckeyes show up, they got some dudes. But it just, I just – I don't feel any hype for that game. You know, right? Um, and I could be wrong
1: <laughs> nah. because I'm
0: certainly in my yeah. own bubble, right? But
1: right, right. The word bubble, Jesus. We all yeah. have a different connotation yeah. of that.
0: No, it's... no, it's
1: not the same hype. But I think the same hype comes from because I was watching something on ESPN last night, and you're right. My bubble is so different. We've talked about our watches or how much we you watch even before this. You were like, I barely watch sports, and we barely watch ESPN. But even now, it's to a more of a different a different vibe because, well, what am I watching it for? There's no vibe because, Zach, we're used to waking up and in TV, whether it's FS1, whether it's ESPN, I mean, whether it's your local sports broadcast, everybody would be in New Orleans by now, right? Like you would just have a vibe, even if you never left your mom's basement, you would have a vibe for what's going on in New Orleans. Somebody would have been arrested by now. A player would have got caught with a prostitute or something by now. Like (laughs) that's you know what's hilarious,
0: right? These are things that have happened, but five years ago, I guess it'd be six because it was a 2014 season into early 2015. I covered the Sugar Bowl when Ohio State was there in the the very first CFP semi ever. Right, right, right. On this day, like two days before the game, I was done with my work and told to meet so and so at four o'clock at such and such place. I go there, Dre. ESPN is set up. They're broadcasting from there, getting you hyped. And as I walk in, they're getting off the set, and Butch Davis was there. He was He was on this that um, broadcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, were, his, were, his, were his pants soiled? By the time... By the... <laughs> probably. <laughs>
0: uh, by the time we are were, we were done with this... My story will be posted. Um, When the Browns played in Tennessee four weeks ago, I went early, and I went and hung out with Kelly Holcomb for a few hours. And, uh, you know, he basically said, what do you want to talk to me for? And I said, Kelly, you're the last Browns quarterback to start a playoff game. And that was 18 years ago. And he basically said, I know, but it's still unbelievable. Um, Right. So I hope you'll all log on and read it. I thought he was very insightful on life and on football and on what happened. Um, a couple of things that stand out, and this kind of accidentally meshes with the theme here. He said that you know he was, knew he was never going to be John Elway or Aaron Rodgers. Those are the two names he used. But he said he fought long and hard to prove he could play. And he said, no matter who you are, all you can ask for is a chance. And his chance was the Browns sneaking in the playoffs and Tim getting hurt, and he goes out and has a record day. And they fucking yeah. blow a 20-point lead. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. It's unbelievable.
1: I'm
0: you know, mad for you. Um, Can
1: I take a time out? Can I be mad for you for a second? Yeah. Zach is that? Now, this is – I always make fun of Zach Jackson, Zach Meisel, a couple other my friends that are writers. Because I usually – I don't know everything they're writing, but I usually get a pretty good – and I'm a nerd. Look, I'm 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 their biggest fans. I'm a nerd. I read. I got three books for Christmas, and I like I was 12 and got a new playset, a card. Because, like that's what I'm into. And I usually got a pretty good idea of things that they're working on or things that they may be writing that are coming up. And every once in a while, Zach's gotta text me during our podcast, or Zach's gotta nudge me and be like, Hey, don't 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 mention anything. I, you know, don't say anything about that. I want to you know bring that back up later. So I've known for a while that he's been sitting on this story that's getting ready to drop and i know little things about it he's told me little bits and pieces and i'm excited about this because kelly holcomb it was just exciting it was 18 years ago i think we all remember i can remember yeah. where, you brought this up last podcast i can remember where i was at for the for the dustin the dustin fox give me a championship name played on my, on my license plate game and i can remember where i was at for the browns and the steelers like i can remember it like it was yesterday i was i was with jen and rob for both games and 18 years later I'm still with them somehow, which is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, but I was mad for you when I saw others come up with Kelly Holcomb stories over the last four or five days. As a writer that you've had that in the you've had that in your back pocket for what five four weeks now, what is it like when you see other people have his name pop up and you're um, like, "Fuck, I did that story already." It really didn't. No, in, in some
0: cases, Dre, it, it would it would bother me, but. If it was like anything explosive or whatever, we would have run it right away. Um, and frankly, we were trying to okay. save it for next week. But when they lost to the Jets, we're like, if they don't make the playoffs, and I think they'll win, but like, we right. can't be sitting on this. Right. And right. so I went and I mean, I spent like two hours at his house, probably. Um, like, one of the hardest parts of putting the story together was trimming it down to not, so it's not 5,000 words, so you get through the whole thing. So right. one of the things that got left out, and he talks in detail about that game, about Dennis Northcutt's drop, and yes, they lost the game oh. because they didn't convert, but he says he's a supporter of Dennis, and he was more mad at the defense and the defensive calls and all of that. So I, one of the things I asked him, and really, guys, in like two hours, two-plus hours, maybe 90 minutes of an actual interview, I only asked him about 10 questions. He just talked, and, and we just reminisced. But I said, Kelly, like, I said, I can remember specific throws in that game that you made to where you would just watch it, and then all of a sudden the receiver would turn up and be right in his hands like you were in his zone. I said, were you ever yeah. – is that the best you ever played? And he said, well, yes, given the circumstances. But then he pointed to that wild shootout two years later, which turned out to be Butch's last game in Cincinnati.
1: Cincinnati, yeah.
0: And he says – He says, I was locked in that day. He said I had five touchdowns that day And Dennis dropped a sixth (laughs) And I laughed
1: my ass (laughs) (laughs) I gotta find Dennis (laughs) Northcote That's great
0: But yeah so he um, He's got a kid that's gonna be a senior In high school Uh, He's his coach You know he basically says I didn't make Peyton Manning money I didn't make Tim Couch money I made a lot of money Had a good life um, involved in a few things, but you know nothing full-time, and I get to coach my kid. I'm a volunteer coach, and I get to be around my kid, and I get... and he, he just said, you know, he's had opportunities to go do other things, but he said high school football will always have a special place in his heart, and he just said he feels like that there's too many... <clears throat> I almost said the F word. Kelly doesn't cuss. I do. There's too many <laughs> messed up families and too many kids who are getting a raw deal right now for him to not try to give back and i thought that was really cool you know and yeah like at the end he said look football has been too good to me and god has been too good for me for me to get too mad about one game and he's that said he said that that browns loss changed lives and he's right because the browns could have won the next game too the browns could have really made a deep run and really kept guys together on the team, on the coaching staff in general, right? And, and a lot could have been different about the organization and about the NFL. <laughs> let's, right. let's be honest, right? Uh, so he the said lives war. changed that day, and he said that, that kind of cost him. But one of the other things, you know, the famous the next year, week three, I think, they play a real stinker out of the old candlestick in San Francisco. They win, but Kelly gets hurt and on a quarterback sneak that wasn't supposed to be a quarterback sneak. So basically, you know, he's a 180 pound guy lunging forward and two defensive tackles just tee off on him. And Butch says, it's a teeny tiny break. You know, we're not sure who's going to be our quarterback this week. It was a compound fracture of the fibula. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's not out like that's been out there. That's not like some exclusive thing to get back to your original question. Um, But yeah, so it it was just really cool for me to do because obviously I knew those guys and he was rattling off names that he talks to. And I I tried to present it to to Browns fans in this fashion. He's on a group message now with Andre Davis, the other Andre Davis, Quincy Morgan, Kevin Bentley, Phil Dawson.
1: Oh my God. Like eight
0: or nine guys. And so the way I framed the start of the story was they haven't been to the playoffs since the flip phone era, right? And now all these guys that were the last to do it or texting during the games. So, um, wow. Yeah. So Kelly is just, he's just a really good dude. That was his chance, you know? And, uh, um, he played great and the Browns didn't win and it is amazing. It's unspeakable. It's unbelievable that they haven't been back. It's sad, <laughs> you know? Um, but they're one win from getting back and all I got to do is beat Mason Rudolph. So, um, I think you can look and say maybe the Steelers will tank because they would like to play the Browns again next week. You could they don't fully control that. You could look and say maybe the Steelers will show up and play their guys at least for a while because they need the work and because they don't want to do any favors to the Cleveland Browns. You know even though the Ravens have become their primary rival. So we'll see. It's certainly interesting, but in in, in this COVID stuff has has added a layer of mystery and uneasiness, I'm sure, to Browns fans that are listening. Um, but, you know, two teams are all out there on Sunday. It's not going to be the Steelers' varsity. So if it's the Browns' no. varsity, you got to get it done.
1: Yeah, but the one thing that I will say, and that I'll continue to say, and the reason why I respect the Steelers, um, the standards are the standard. They're going to play hard regardless. You know, whether you're playing their JV team or whether you're playing their varsity team, um, they're still gonna blitz. They're still gonna hit you. They still draft physical football players. Um, and, I, and this is one of the, it's a difficult, weird. You you kind of, you just said something to me that jumps out. I don't know if any team, I don't care if it's Saint Ignatius going against East Tech, wants to see a team three times in a year and twice in two weeks. No. It's just odd, man. It's just it, it, you know, and in the NFL, can I, and I want to say this because. Every year around this time, people that have no right being on the air that talk every day say this, and it makes no sense. A NFL roster is not a college football roster. Just because Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play, and let's say I would I would gander without really looking at their roster, that you're probably not going to see Cam Hayward that much. You're probably not going to see Joe Hayden that much. Probably not going to see Roethlisberger. You know. Like, you're not going to see the guys over 30. Guys that have played 9 to 10 years, 8 to 10 years, you probably aren't going to see very much of. DeCastro, maybe. But after that, you only a 45-man roster on game day, people. Yeah. Like, you start doing the math. You can't sit everybody. You're still going to play some of your, your main guys. Am I wrong? I mean, you have no choice. You don't have enough men on a roster to do, like, Ohio State could literally play, you know. They can play 22 completely different guys than their starting guys, right, Zach? Sure. You can't do that with a pro roster. Like, you're still going to have to play some of your interior linemen. They're so far down on their linebacking core that they're going to have to play those guys. Right. Because they're already under 13. Well, you usually only
0: carry eight offensive linemen, sometimes nine. So even if you could call up two guys from the practice squad, not that you want to do that, you know, they have three offensive linemen over 30, Jay. Right. I mean, it makes sense that Pouncey and DeCastro specifically wouldn't play. So not only does that sure. make you weak, but then it makes you vulnerable. Like, do you have to dress them just in case? Like the one time where they didn't start Ben, and then he came in. You know, oh, yeah. um, like, do you want to play Hayward into it a couple series? You know, I don't know. I mean, Joe Hayden's going to want to play. Is it the right move for Joe Hayden right. and the Steelers?
1: No, it's not. Joe shouldn't be out there. Yeah, and I know it's fun. I know it's fun to slander Joe in Cleveland. But most of you, Lima included, you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't make it 10 years in the NFL playing cornerback sucking. I'm just all say: Is he as fast as he used to be? No. But he obviously, mentally, has figured something out to make it 10 years and make as much money as he's made. Because cornerbacks' lives last about as long as running backs, sure. usually. Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. But,
0: you know, they're going to trot out Mason Rudolph, who really just sucks. He's big and good-looking and a strong arm, and he just sucks. Um, and racist. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been able to run the ball Great. all year So they have no reason to play their starting running back Or or their best offensive lineman Although we, we mentioned how sticky that is um, Now their receivers are all young Juju's the oldest one of the group And he's only Well, he, he's not the oldest one of the group He's the most experienced one of the group Right? You know, right. they're a matchup problem they, And they yeah. didn't do more to the Browns secondary in the first game Because they didn't have to They got that big lead Um, To me, and obviously the COVID stands out with with what's going on um, and and how as we record this, the Browns have not even been able to report for practice on Wednesday. But football-wise, Wyatt Teller is supposed to be back, and that's what they need. Wyatt, they need Teller, they need Wills. They need their offensive line. Wyatt Teller, his value has gone up in the last couple weeks without him playing, quite frankly. Um, They need him. The Browns are a physical team. And in the first game, in the Browns' defense, they did not have Teller or Chubb. That's two of their best five players, right. and that's hard to beat anybody yeah. when you don't have those guys.
1: So, great point. Um, All right, let me say this. Let me. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I just want to say. So,
0: my media brethren and I, we voted this on team MVP this week, and Miles won. Um, I voted for Nick wow. Chubb. Did you? Yeah.
1: Why is get getting votes? Uh,
0: I would have to dig into the email, and I don't have it in front of me right now. I don't doubt. worry
1: about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I mean, I don't expect him to, but it plays into what you're saying. Yeah. He may not be, but he's in the top three of importance on the team because they have a really good offensive line. I mean, this is the perfect way to segue into this, off the Jets game. Learn from the Jets game. And I don't know if it's all, you know, if it's all legit. This is just me. Spitballing. I can admit that. Um, obviously, missing four receivers, missing your receiving core, um, having 24 hours to put a game plan together. Like, that's just not—it's not fair. No. It's what the Browns were put—it's what the Browns had to put up with. We can get into the conversation. I've started it with Zach already about why they made them play, whether it's fair, whether it's with their rules, whatever. Um, okay, I think it's bullshit rules, and I think—and I get the Baltimore situation was different. I don't think—I didn't think it was fair that what they made Denver go through. I don't think it was fair what they made the Browns go through. But it doesn't matter. That's just my opinion. They missed because I've heard everybody complain, and I—I and I lo- I always say I love doing this podcast when we do it when we don't do it the day after. Yes, throwing 53 times, we can all look at the coach and say, what the fuck? But I think that it was legitimate. It wasn't his game plan. The score played into it. And I don't care what anybody tells me that gets mad and tries to just look at numbers. The New York Jets' defensive line kicked the Browns' offensive line's ass. Now, they knew exactly what we all knew. And I love people that get mad about it and get pissed at Stavansky. Look, the Jets have players that, that, that are putting tape up because they want to have careers in 2021. They're not like the head coach. They're not like everybody else. They're going to play their asses off because that's the only thing they got is their tape. And those defensive linemen went out there and played like it was a Super Bowl. Now, part of it was the Jets rolled up their people basically right up on them because they knew that the Browns couldn't throw the ball downfield. And remember I made the joke to you about, um, about the, the richest tight end in football? Um, the, the, the Browns made that last week. I, I talked about how slow he was. I mean, if I know how slow he is, and look, he's a, he's a really good tight end. He's not the best, but he's a really good tight end. He can block his ass off. He's big. He's got decent, good enough hands. Um, but he's not fast. He, and, you know, and that, look, Jason Witten's not fast, and he's still playing. And the way the Jets played, they played like you play when 10-year-olds are on the football field. You know you can't throw it over our head. Your receivers can't get open. The Browns had no chance, Zach, of running the football with the way the Jets kicked their ass on the on the, off, on the line of scrimmage, point blank. So I understood why they threw. And this goes back to Wyatt Teller. You have some very good linemen that come together to make a good offensive line. Without their left tackle and their right guard, that offensive line is average at best. And that's not me being mean. J.C. Treader is a pro's pro. Doesn't take no shit. Works his ass off, but he ain't out he ain't outpowering anybody. And he doesn't have, it's the center position. Um, Batonio is really good, smart, lines up right, doesn't commit a lot of penalties, um, can pull, It's athletic, got a lot of Joe Thomas to him. But even when Joe Thomas, who is a Hall of Famer, when the Browns had their best offense running back in 07, their strong side, power side of running, was to the right side when Ryan Tucker played right guard. He was never, he was, and I I don't want to put words on it because my point is Joe Thomas was a technician. Not a power, you know, driving guy into the dirt type tackle. They are a different offense, and they don't have their key signature thing without Wyatt Teller and Jed Wills at this point. Those, and they're not the two best offensive linemen, maybe, but they're the two most important. Now the right tackle is pretty aggressive as well, but the Jets kicked their ass. You couldn't run the football, and when you got down by the score, you got down by. I'm not mad at Kevin Stefanski for that, and he makes a good point when they were going into that when they were going into the half. The first time they got that offense rolling, and I don't know how they did this, by the way. How do you run a two-minute offense, Zach, with receivers that never played with the quarterback?
0: No, I. <laughs> you threw to the tight end. And it
1: worked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, it worked. And it, but Zach, it worked. No, it did. I remember thinking, how the hell are they going to run a two-minute offense? These guys don't know the sign. Don't know what they're what, what to do. I mean, they had guys that had never, guys that hadn't played NFL football got 78, 80 snaps on Sunday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, That's um, a, a miracle. No, j- just in general, the way that line plays together, right? I think Teller's talents, mm-hmm. his athleticism, unlocks some different runs for one. But for two, like you know, early in the year, why'd you get you? Why'd you have no chance week one? Because they'd never done it. Because you had a 21 year old rookie right. playing a position he'd never played before, right? Against right. the Ravens, these these guys had never had live snaps before. Conklin was new, right? Um, right. The offense was new. Conklin's been great. Uh, he he. Big part, worth every penny. Now, listen, Austin yeah. Hooper blocks his ass off. Um, time will tell, you know, on that investment. And I, and I know it's easy to say this week that he he doesn't explode and, and like, what are they doing? Right, but right. sometimes, and this is part of team building, this is part of getting your teams to the next level, like you have to understand what the alternative was, guys. Like David For Njoku, sure. we've seen him play football, right? And trust him. Then they're playing Can't this fourth-round rookie, who for the first four games was the next John Mackey and now he can't catch right? Gold, right? Hit so a right so like
1: he's hit a wall yeah hit a wall hey, so Travis Kelsey was Travis Kelsey wasn't out there in free agency this year people is what Zach's saying yeah and and, and Travis Kelsey's
0: not walking through that door you know no um, the reason you reach on him to is because you see how a Kelsey unlocks an offense but then you take that guy before one pick before TJ Watt goes and that's why you are where you are
1: Right. Yeah, well, here's something else. And I got to give Lombardi credit. Lombardi's got a good story um, in The Athletic this week, talking about the quarterback down in Washington for the Washington football team and just how everything went wrong with Haskins. As- and, I mean, I don't want to come off – I don't want to be an ass about this. But if you knew what you knew about Dwayne Haskins coming in, and this isn't to belittle the kid at all, because he is a kid and he had a bad week. He's had a bad – but Lombardi does a good job of saying, for all franchises – like, this is more Washington football team's fault than Dwayne Hassan. Because anyone that knew Haskell's coming out of Ohio State knew he held the ball too long, knew he wasn't a film junkie. knew. Irvin oh, um, came out and said he was immature to anybody that would listen. So if you go into all those situations and you draft a quarterback or draft a tight end before T.J. Watt, it's your fault if you don't develop him because you know if you did your research and did your work, you have to know what you're walking into, right? Yeah. Like, Haskins failing is not Haskins' fault. Haskins was Haskins. And if you've listened to this podcast for long enough, there is a rule that equates to this that Zach always says so well.
0: If a guy's a shithead, giving him $17 million isn't going to make him any less of a shithead. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Jerry, because that it's a larger thing because we've had the discussion here like, of even if this guy doesn't work, was it a bad pick? Well, if he's just not going to be a pro, then yes, it's a bad pick. We went through that here with John Manziel, right? Right. Um, and, and it does come to a personal responsibility issue for him. I'm, I don't know that he's going to be in the league next year, Dwayne Haskins. I'm not saying he isn't. It's, the talent is tantalizing, and there's not many guys like that, but – We've seen what happens with quarterback rooms and how they're protected and Mm -hmm. how they they have to set a tone and they have to do things a certain way. And if you don't think he's going to do it, if you think he could poison your team 1%, why are you going to take that chance?
1: At that position, you really can't do it. No. And and it goes back to the Kaepernick thing a little bit. I'm doing this in a way because I want to explain to people. Kaepernick is a good player, but because of everything else that comes along with it, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just the, it's the reality of it, and I'm just, I want to do it the right way. The reality of it is, no matter what he says or has done four years ago, four weeks from now, or two weeks from now, the average NFL team, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, at the backup quarterback position or the quarterback position, unless he is going to go out and win 12, 13 games a year for you, you're not going to take on extra baggage at that position because that position, and Lombardi says this perfectly, and we've lived, we live this, A to Z lives this, the average football fan only gives a crap about two things, your head coach and your quarterback. Yeah. You can have – you can have – you know, you can have – a you can have Jeffrey Dahmer playing corner. <laughs> or yeah. But they care about your quarterback and they care about your head coach. And they dictate how they feel about your organization because of those two positions. Fair. That's the you decide No, but well, that is right.
0: I mean, it's it's cliche, but it's true. Like the the head coach quarterback too much credit, too much blame thing, right? Like the Browns won four games in a row, right, Dre? And we talked right. about how Kevin Stefanski, we're ready to build a statue ourselves, and how yep. him pressing the right buttons and Baker getting comfortable helped Baker get to the next level. Well, the Browns had, like, 80 off-the-field things go their way the other day, but the head coach and the quarterback both didn't have a very good day, All right. Like, right. they are so married to one another. They are yeah. so, so married to one another. Um, and it's so important. It's the most important position in sports, and that's why it's an interesting as hell study with, with Haskins. What do you do? What would you have done differently? Like I said, uh, until this stuff came out, and it just became – like I said, a personal responsibility in a team saying we're going to cut ties and move on. Um, my, okay, unofficial count, my unofficial let's count, my unofficial count, four, in the last 10 years, four quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round and have not even made it to year three with their team. Okay. Wow. I, I could be missing one, but this is pretty rare and it's pretty shitty. It means you failed as an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Rosen, who got traded for Kyler. Who was that on our practice squad until a week ago, Dwayne Haskins? That situation's odd. Yeah. yeah, Dwayne Haskins, and then the other two are here in Cleveland: Brandon Whedon and John Manziel.
1: Wow, 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 wow! And they all come back to the organization. Arizona, I'll give a, I'll, I'll give a, a free pass on because they changed the head coach, changed direction. But I'll say this too, and and you know this personally, you know this. So when I say this, I have to be careful. I am a huge Jason Wright fan. As a person, um, yes. we covered him. We knew him. We're just, like He was he was as good as a person I've ever covered in a locker room. And I am hoping, with, you know, I, I don't cheer for the Washington football team, but I cheer for Jason Wright. And I hope he gets that, that situation turned around. And he seems like the right person because he has the right character to do it. And his heart is in the right place. He's a good man. Um, Dwayne Haskins shouldn't have started that football game, though, last week for the Redskins. And see, then see, to me, the dirtiness of what the NFL truly is showed up for Washington. Last mm-hmm. week. The kid didn't do anything different, Zach, from this past Sunday to Monday when he cut his ass. They wanted to cut him for what he did last Sunday and everything else he did. But yeah. because Alex Smith was injured and because they were really trying to win that game and sneak into the playoffs, knowing they got no damn right, nobody in that division deserves to win, win anything or play another game after this Sunday. But the itch to win, the 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 pull to win, the, the fall to possibly be in the playoffs, they kept that kid up for one more week knowing they wanted nothing to do with him, knowing they wanted him to represent nothing for their football team, knowing he represented everything bad about who the Washington organization has been since Daniel Snyder took over. They still fell for the beast and kept his ass and let him represent them and let him take the ball in his hands and embarrass them for, for another two quarters. And I'm not blaming Jason Wright for that. I blame the system. They, it's like a drug. If, if you can get that win with, with that kid, even though they knew they couldn't stand him, they were going to use his ass up and try to get that win out of him. Last yeah,
0: I mean, that, that's on the – you know, Jason's now in football. Um, he was brought in to change I the culture. But, yeah, um, I mean, that's a head coaching decision. But, Dre, that's what it is. I mean, why does Kareem Hunt instantly get a second chance? Because it's about winning. And when it works, right. it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, I, agree. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said, including the fact that Jason is such a good person that you and I spent two seconds around him, and we're like, God, we're, we're more awful than we even thought. Right? Jason? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I'll never forget. All right. This is, I got a great Jason Wright story. I think I'm never told. Then I'll that'll show that real real well. <laughs> um. I'll never forget we go into the locker room like it was like after, it was after like week two or three of the season and he was out of Northwestern and somehow he knew like and he was like and players weren't like this Zach will back this up and he goes because he hung out with doctors he didn't hang out with other football players I remember he still drove like a sport horse like he never like he didn't even buy like he got into the league and didn't even buy like a, a souped up car he was still driving like a sport tourist that he had growing up or whatever so we're in the locker room, and he, like, calls me over. And I'm like, why is Jason Wright calling me over? He was like, yeah, I was hanging out with some of my buddies that are uh, doctors. And uh, one of the girls says she dated you in high school. And, like, he said her name, and, she was, and he was just like, so she asked me about you. And he goes, oh, I said he's a quiet, nice guy. And she looked at me, and she goes, well, you obviously don't know Audrey. He's a quiet, <laughs> <nice> guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jason Wright. <laughs> Uh,
0: oh god that is great um all right alabama's gonna do awful things to notre dame right did i think so yeah the buck i i mean look playing northwestern's different they you know they they had the big stink because joey galloway said they're slow and white and he was right um But, like, they have an identity, a long-established program to where they are overachievers, they are defensive-minded, and an Ohio State team that was a little bit rusty and a little bit big for its britches, I think just got greedy a little bit, right? And and, and Northwestern played right into that. Um, I think Ohio State will be better. I guess what I'm asking you is Ohio State's better, good enough to keep up with Clemson because if Clemson hits that gas, they can go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring up Notre Dame in this because Notre Dame Notre Dame gives me hope that the Buckeyes can win because I'll be honest, going into this conversation, and even before you just asked, my first thought was, I don't think it's going to be close. And I don't like thinking that way because I know Ohio State has the talent. It has not been molded. It has not been put together. I'm hoping Dabo Sweeney has put his foot far enough in his mouth. He's a good coach. He's put that program together. I'm not, I don't want to get into this. what he's doing is bullshit, but it's, it is who he is. Um, but you know what? It's America. You're allowed to have an opinion. Um, and that's one thing we've learned in 2020. No matter if the opinion's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's racist, whether it's disgusting, you have a right to have an opinion. And Dabo has it. I'm hoping, and like, and I hate to go off of emotion, but we're talking about college kids. I hope that, that Ryan Day finds a way to use the emotional tug of they don't respect us, they don't think we should be here, all those little – Silly little quotations that we use and we see in, in movies with sports. I, I hope that he can pull that up because that's not going to win a game for you. But what it can do is give you a lead, give you momentum early. And they have Sorry, we challenge. got a goddamn dog now. <laughs> oh, it's all uh, right. Uh, look at Domesticated Zach. I love this shit. 2020 has been a fucking blur. <laughs> he went from his mom's basement to Domesticated taking care of a dog. <laughs> woof, woof. Oh, that ass. Um, I just hope that they can get up quick. I mean, I forgot. I went back and watched a little bit of last year's game. The Buckeyes were up two scores early. And, you know, like, so it's possible. If they can get up early, they can find a rhythm. And I go back to that Notre Dame game. I know Pretty Boy Floyd didn't play quarterback in the first game for Clemson. But defensively, they found something that they were able to score points against Clemson. Right. To me that's the big thing. We know we know that they steal your plays or whatever else, but you got to look at what Notre Dame was able to do offensively to go up and down the field. They use the sugar huddle. They didn't put their plays in like they usually do because they know that it's basically out there Clemson steals your plays and I don't I don't think that I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not I don't know. I don't it is what it is. You to me it's like baseball. You flash signs in front of everybody. You better expect the other somebody on the other team is trying to figure them out. That's just natural. I'd always yeah, um, so a couple so, things that give me hope
0: on Ohio State is, you know, they dominated that game last year. And whether you yeah. think it all came down to that targeting call or not as the shifting point, you know, they should have been up more, right? They dropped the ball in the end zone. Something else happened early. They they were ready, right? They were they were scheme ready. They were plan ready, and, and they were talented. They, showed, they absolutely belong on the field, no doubt. But what concerns me, Dre, is that, you know, Clemson had the poise and the talent. To come back yeah I think that Ohio State defense was better than this one and just in watching almost every down of the most recent Clemson Notre Dame game mm-hmm. um you know they just in the second quarter like they were done trading punches and they they just ran them over and right. I think that's a right. pretty good Notre Dame defense I really do it's... it is a good
1: Notre Dame defense and, and here's the problem. the biggest problem I think the Ohio State has is not Trevor Lawrence off when they're on defense I think it's number nine I mean he's been playing there 18 years I don't yes. know why he should be making NFL. Well, fights, yeah, he just opens up
0: dimensions, him. right? Yeah, um,
1: and yes. I, in the linebacking core for the Buckeyes, they have not shown me that they could I'm not worried about him running. I'm worried about him catching passes. I don't haven't seen a linebacker for Ohio State this year that I can say you put on ATN that can slow him down. That concerns me a little bit. Yeah, no that
0: that is definitely a concern. I mean, they lost that receiver to the scary ne- I think neck situation, right? Well, they got like six more gets, yeah. just like just like Ohio right. State does. <laughs> Wait. Just yeah. like, Ohio. you know, frankly, if Ohio State had played five more games, they'd be where Clemson is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's funny you go back to last year. And we got to go back to last year's game. That's what we had. Um, they don't get the call on the, on the, the you know, the force fumble scoop. Right. But also, I mean, let's go down to it. The biggest play of the game, if the quarterback and one of the best receivers in the nation are on the same read, We may be talking about Ohio State, coming, you know, Clemson coming back for vengeance. Because, I mean, it it literally came down to that, Zach. I mean, three more steps for Alave going to the right and not going to the left. He catches that ball, and we may be talking about Ohio State 27-26 victory. Right. They they
0: had their chances. Um, No doubt. No doubt that they had their chances. Um, I just want to say, guys, as we get ready to wind up here, whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener, whether you interact with us a little bit or a lot – we appreciate you. Um, if you're a sponsor and you'd like to pay for my dog to pick football games each week, we think it's a brilliant idea. It'll be a big hit and just give us a call. It'll really go over
1: well, I think. <laughs> Only, only, only if Mr. October does his famous dog, Christmas dog, cut it little bit. <laughs> Let's get you out of here on
0: some New Year's cheer. So when Dre references Mr. October, he's talking about my father. And so – um, in part because of the dog, um, in, in part because there was some other stuff getting worked on, I went to my parents today, got back to my roots, and I had to do the athletic podcast from my parents' basement. I was working on a story. I was waiting on a Zoom call. Um, could, couldn't be here for a certain amount of time, so I went and posted up over there. So while I was there, Dre, you know, it, it was quiet. Only my dad was there for a lot, a lot of the time. It's not a super big house he could hear every word of the podcast if he wanted to and i could hear every word of his conversation well it became pretty apparent to me that it was my brother on the other end of the line and that he was asking about a a car question right and so my dad can fix anything we can fix nothing the tire changing story is one of the famous a to z stories just one of the famous stories in our life like sometimes I get introduced not as mediocre writer for the athletic or mediocre podcaster, but the guy from the tire changing story. (laughs) So I hear him grunting and I hear him explaining that if you do this and it doesn't work, you do this. And if it doesn't do that, you're just toast. Right. So, um, I didn't know, you know, who, 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 what, um, what the exact details were, obviously. So anyway, about two hours later, I pack up. I come back here, getting set up, waiting for you, and I get a text from my brother. And it was one of his player's cars. And so he texts me and my mom, and he says, when trying to take care of and fix up so-and-so's car, I, today, I use the following regisms. Number one, that ain't no fucking good. <laughs> Number two, take it there, and they will fix you up. <laughs> Number three, here's the thing. You're fucked, and you have no other options. Pay it and move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <this is> great. <laughs> so as we oh look God. back at
0: 2020 if you were fucked you had no other options pay it and move on as we look <laughs> ahead to 2021 if you're a browns fan you've been waiting for a sunday like this win or lose enjoy it if you're a buckeyes fan i mean i guess it's a lot easier this year to not overdo new year's eve Right and enjoy yeah. a football game at eight thirty on New Year's Day, and honestly, Dude, um, that, man. positive vibes to everybody. Whether you're going through some real shit or you just been slightly inconvenienced by this, we both know people on both sides of the spectrum. You know, um, our jobs have been different and continue to be different. Our lives continue to be different. I know people that just recently have lost loved ones um, from this and related to this. Again, we're not making light of any of that. Um, we try to be good people, not just when we think about Jason Wright frowning upon us, but in general <laughs> doing this in, and, Andrea, a podcaster too, brought this up out of nowhere. And it reminded me, you know, I'm just going to be frank with you guys. Like since the pandemic, we haven't made a dime on this. We do it because we want to do it and we do it because it's fun. And we know like when you guys send us a note that say you listen to it or it reminds you of this, or it takes you to that. Like, that means a lot to us. So, yes, we plan on taking it bigger and better and all that stuff. And, yes, we keep telling you we're going to do it more often and we don't, and we're full of shit, and that's fine. That's what you sign up for. But you guys getting on board with us in this year, in a normal year, in a great year, in a bad year, in whatever it was, and whether whether it goes back two, two episodes ago or five years ago, we appreciate it. And that's all I got. Go subscribe to The Athletic. Read yeah. my Kelly Holcomb story. What do you got, Trey?
1: Go read the Kelly Holcomb story. He had it first. Just came out last. Um, I appreciate you guys. I do. And like Zach said, I think the one thing that we have wrestled with, and I'll be honest, I've wrestled with all year, because if you guys know me a little bit, um, obviously I've I got to be careful because I was was almost writing a speech of walking away from something, but I'm not. Um, Obviously, because I worked at TAM for as many years as I've worked at TAM, um and it's been a long time and i will never always be appreciative of what tam has done for my career um because a lot of it you may not see but a lot of it is just i got the reps there and i got to see a lot of different things and talk about a lot of different things when i got to that place i was just a sports guy um that's all i had to talk about it's all i really ever wanted to talk about um and it's been a joy but now that i've you know i've kind of grown up career-wise radio-wise there um this podcast has been a great outlet for me because in a weird way um, I've had a lot of success doing TV and doing different things and financially it's helped out and my family's in a good place but I enjoy the conversations in the back and forth and Zach has helped help fill a place for me where I can just go out and, and bullshit like we do once a week and lie and say we're going to do another one and we have all these show <laughs> plans
0: <laughs> just like you lie to
1: me when you're ready at 2:15 and at 3:20 you're like, yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, I'm ready. What's taking you so long? <laughs> um, I like this has been a this has been a I'm just I'm, it's been an important place for me in all seriousness. Um, I you know and it's not jealousy because I'm I'm happy for all of my all the people out there that get to do radio every day. Um, I've had that opportunity. It's something that something I dreamed of doing. And I got to admit, doing this podcast has kind of filled that, that bubble for me. And in this year, I've realized that whatever normal is, and we and I get back to just doing our normal job, I do want to podcast more, and I do want to find a way to get paid for it more. I do have more things to say and different ways to say them. Um, and it's been hard at times to do this podcast throughout this year because you may have strong feelings about, um, you know, this, this virus that's going on or or racism or or this or that. And it made me realize that without this space, I probably would have lost my mind going crazy. Uh, And it's not that we've talked about all those things all the time, but it's been nice to have, as Casey Coleman always told me, sports are, you know, you know, they're the thing that take us away from the regular parts of life. That's why people turn to it. So I hope we were able to do that for you. I hope we were the, you know, that, that timeout from, from whatever was going on in your life. Because I know it meant that much to me this year, um, being able to turn away for a couple minutes to not deal with the everyday shit that everybody else is dealing with, um, and I appreciate that. I mean, we did a podcast. I want to say the day of or the night of when we thought the presidency was going to be figured out, and we got more messages. I got more people that messaged us and was just like, "And like, but we did it on purpose. You guys must know. You must not really know us. We just do them when we fucking can figure out how to do them. we don't time shit out." If we did, if we did, this podcast would be so much better. Um, And I had so many people reach out. I had so many people reach out and was like, thank you for taking our mind off of this. Thank you. And I remember thinking, damn, man, I'm glad we did. We took our mind off of it, too. We weren't even trying to do that. You know, our our plan never was, hey, let's do a podcast so people don't have to, you know, talk about Democrat-Republican for the next hour. I wish we would have been smart enough to think that, but we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. It um, means something to us. Yeah,
0: so, again, you know, celebrate responsibly. Celebrate well. Hopefully it won't be long and we'll all be out in public again. And, um, you know, we, we look forward to that, whether there's a formal A to Z event um, tied to that or not, whether we get to do more of these or whether we don't. It's
1: going to be an event. We're losing our mind when we're allowed to go back yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, we're I remember, agree. agree. We're so, losing our mind before we get
0: out. Two bits of advice uh, from Uncle Z to you guys as we get out of here and we wrap 2021. Find a good mechanic, and two, don't get a goddamn dog. They're a lot of work. Talk to you soon. Good. <laughs>